0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stallbaum
1: Let's get into it today. We're in uh, John chapter 19. Yeah. And pretty, pretty good-sized chapter, 41, 41 verses. I'm going to read through 22. Okay. Let me see. Yeah, 22, and you am going to read which translation?
2: New Living Translation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to read New Kingdom. Um, really? You always, sure? Always.
1: Okay, it's a good one. I'm addicted.
2: <laughs>
1: All right, I must say it to you read, sir. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went again excuse me, Pilate then went out again and said to them, behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to him, behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out saying, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, you take him and crucify him for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid and went out again to the praetorium, went went again into the praetorium, and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has a greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whatever, Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold, your king. But they cried out, away, for, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar, excuse me. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified, so they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the center. Now, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the King of the Jews, but he said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written.
2: Verse 23, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scripture that says, they divided my garments among themselves and threw dice for my clothing, so that it was what they said. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so he soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is. Is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. It was the day of preparation, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath because it was Passover week. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. These things happened in fulfilling of the scripture that says, not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on the one they pierced. Afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made with myrrh and aloe. Following Jesus' burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb, never used before. And so, because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus
1: there. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, a feel on one hand... You know when I read this portion of scripture and and ask God you know to speak to me on one hand I, I feel like when I study it I'm being a bit clinical yeah. about an incredibly painful yeah you know emotional uh just a, a crazy event so wow, you many. know it's it's a little bit difficult to just sort of break these verses down and yeah. uh, without first acknowledging the incredible impact of What's going on here, Jesus dying for the sins of the world, the and, weight of it, yeah. yeah, the weight of the whole what's going on in the chapter, even you think about when man sinned originally and didn't didn't listen to God, listened instead to you know the serpent in the garden the one of the the curse things that that brought forth were weeds and and that you would be fighting it, yeah, and it's interesting that. Really, thorns are part of that whole weed thing. Yeah. There were—I don't believe there were thorns prior to the curse. Yeah. And uh, wow. that's what he bore on his head. Yeah. He bore— Shoved into his head. Yeah, yeah shoved into his scalp, and they uh, hit him on the head with a reed after they put the crown on him. So, you know, you've got shoving the thorn on and then whacking it every once in a while wow. with with a stick— but the point I was making there was the sin of the world. He care- The Bible wow. actually says he became sin for us. Yeah. Um, part of that is emblematic yeah. of of the sin of the world, wow. and even even the thought this morning crossed my mind of they had to pull out of the earth the metal that he had put in the earth when he made the world to build the nails to yeah. to drive, drive through his hands. feet and the yeah. tree that. He grew by his Croatia. word, he wow. spoke that tree yeah. into existence, and all of those things yeah. going on there pretty i don't know just uh I just want to acknowledge the Maybe the depth of the of the chapter before maybe we got into the yeah before you start digging into little
2: things of it and then thinking about the fulfilling of so many of these prophecies too like that a bone wouldn't be broken he would be pierced in his side he would be hung on a tree like you think about that is that that was a distinctive Roman style of death the Jews would stone you to death and I in a little bit of study I realized that the Romans had taken away capital punishment. 30 years prior. That's about the historical time frame. So, and you look at the scheme of history, they weren't able to kill someone on their own without Roman permission near the time of Jesus's birth. But yet here, it was fulfilling the prophecy that they had to have Pilate involved. And it was by the way of the Roman death, which when it was written in the book of Isaiah, crucifixion didn't exist. You know, this idea, mm-hmm. it's just so remarkable when you slow down and really dig this apart and think, wow, Lord, look at the big picture of what you did here and don't rush past it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, even that, you know, the power of the prophetic word that God spoke, we look at it and you could look at it from one angle and say, well, the prophetic word that was spoken was shaping all these things and actually making them happen in the way they did. Or you could look at it that because God is outside of time mm-hmm. all he did was step and looked at this wow that is then went back 4000 years and wrote it through Isaiah wow you know um, there's a lot of ways you could look at that whole yeah, picture yeah i never really do that but, but that's
2: mm, a cool i think we can understand that in the way that we look at modern movies with time travel and thinking about time not being linear, but thinking it, oh, well, this wasn't as difficult for him because he could just see the whole thing.
1: Yeah. He's out to, to uh, the way I helps me to understand is that for, for someone like God, God is outside of time. So it's almost like when you look at your Bible, you can turn to the old Testament or the new Testament. You can turn to, you know, what John had to say in his gospel or in any of the little Johns in the back. And that's the way God is able to go with time. He's able to turn the pages of time because he's outside of time. He made time as a container for human life and, and, you know, mankind, you know, even putting the sun in the sky and creation, all that that was just a time that was timing, Yeah. you know, and all of our timing is built off of, you know, the sun and yep. when it rises and when it goes down and all of that stuff. So yeah, God's outside of it and, you know, can move around anywhere he wants in it. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty
2: crazy. It's powerful. Yeah. There's something that really jumps out to me in this whole chapter. And it's something that my dad taught me years ago is this could look like such a dark, dismal chapter. If you just open up your Bible and read this, you'd be like, I feel defeated. Like we don't see the whole story, but when you look at the whole scheme of things, you realize this is setting up for the greatest moment of victory in history. And my dad taught me this is when I was struggling with any like negative thoughts, whether it be, you know, inundated with when, before I was a married man, you know, sexual thoughts that I didn't want to have, or, you know, something coming against me is he had learned to meditate on this moment in this scene that the devil thought that he had a victory. He's like, I got him. He's on the, cross. He's dead. He thinks he has victory, but it's a setup for for Jesus to go to hell, take back the keys of the kingdom and have ultimate victory there. And I learned this if I'm struggling to sleep, if I'm needing to take a thought captive, if I'm just needing to displace something in my mind that I can't move past, I meditate on this moment. I'm mm. thinking about him being whipped and making that walk to Golgotha and carrying the cross. And even I, I've seen the Jesus film probably a hundred plus times in my life because it was a main evangelism tool that my family used on the mission field. So I've seen it countless times. Like I could storyboard it right now because mm-hmm. I've seen it. Sure. So it's very easy in my mind to just picture those scenes mm. And I have had the best sleep of my life when I meditate on that. I've been able to take thoughts captive. I've been able to get victory immediately by just displacing that other thing. And that's where when I read this, it could be dark, but I'm like, nope, I know what's coming. And it's really become an idea of this is celebration for what God is going to do. What looks to be dark, God is going to work out for the good.
1: That's a beautiful thought, man. I'm, uh, I'm going to use that. I could use that last night. We to get I couldn't some sleep. sleep last night. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't hardly ever struggle to sleep, but yeah. I laid there for a long time last night and yeah. uh, kicked some things around. I'll start
2: drooling. It doesn't take long for me when I start oh, walking no. down that, that road, you know, yeah. in my mind, and it goes quick.
1: Very cool. So as you've thought or meditated about this, have you ever thought any more about the title, on the sign, Jesus of Nazareth, the mm. king of the Jews. Have you ever thought any more about that? Not or?
2: much, no. I know that the Jews wanted it down. Yeah. Claims to be. And he said, no,
1: I'm leaving this up in three languages. Yeah, in three languages. So we know that it was uh, it, you know, it was the day before the Passover and the big one, you know, the the Sabbath, the big one being Passover. Yeah. And so people were flooding into Jerusalem. Yeah. And so here's Jesus and these other two guys hanging On the edge of town. And by the way, the capital punishment, Roman citizens couldn't be crucified. Yeah. It it had to be, you know, kind of the scourge of the earth. Yeah. And generally, a lot of times, revolutionary type people. Yep. Make an example. And it could have well have been that the two guys next to him were actually involved with Barabbas and the whole thing he did. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they would actually put their crime above their head. Mm -hmm. And here's the reason that they would do it in Roman law is, uh, you know, as all these people are walking by, public execution is as much a deterrent to those who are watching it as to those who are, you know, more so even than those who are killed by it. And they want people to be afraid that if they ever – do any, you know, dissension, or, you know, they're involved in a rebellion, or they're involved in something wrong, they'll be arrested and crucified yeah, for it, and it's a horrible way to die, yeah. and so it was a deterrent, because it was out there in the face of mm-hmm. the people walking by, and so Jesus' crime was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, and that was the only fact. That turned—Pilot, I think I counted seven times, he tried to turn them loose. Kept trying. Kept trying and trying. Let me just
2: whip them and let them go. Let me try these things. And they're like, no, crucify, crucify.
1: That's another thing about the scourging. Jesus should have either been scourged or crucified. Not scourged and crucified. You know, crucifixion is, okay, ultimately you die for it. Yeah. Or scourging means you get beaten and released. Yeah. And so he even, you know, went ahead and beat him and then said, let's, let's release him. And everybody said no. But he tried several times, but this was the thing that did it for him. And it was the charge against him, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And so really, Jesus was tried as a political criminal. And so he committed a political crime. And was charged, and I just think that's interesting. The society we live right now, yeah. all the political stuff going on, and yeah. it's like, oh, it's a firestorm of politics going on in the world today. Yeah, and uh, just our Jesus died for political sins. Yeah, and we need forgiveness in that area in our country. You know, there's no doubt that we've got we've got a lot of issues. And say, well, I not my party. And say, well, then you must be the party of the not involved or something. Because yeah, everybody's, everybody's got, got it. Everybody's got it. Yeah, slinging mud. Nobody's yeah. clean in this thing right now, nope. man. It's crazy. It is wild. Anyway, I just thought it's interesting in the political season we're in right now, which yeah. we're encouraging everybody vote. You know, vote your conscience. Vote, vote your Bible. Uh, very important thing to do. But uh, in this political se- season we're in right now that he died a political yeah. criminal. Yeah. And even in verse 11, he says, Jesus said,
2: you would have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greatest sin is he's just acknowledging that all power comes from God. Mm-hmm. And we see all throughout the New Testament, even the Old Testament example of God has put these leaders into place. God has a plan planet ultimately. And Jesus is saying, you think that you've got this power and control, but really this is God's plan and, and he's got it and we can trust him in the system. And so if you're feeling super anxious about the elections, you're anxious about what's happening. I mean, I'm hearing talks of revolution. I'm hearing people talk yeah. about, we need to turn this whole thing over. Let's burn it to the ground and start over. Where it's like, hey, those are heavy words. Like they're saying this on news stations and on broadcast in a way to where it's That's like, crazy. this is wild. You don't know what you're saying, but know that God, God's ultimately in control. We need to trust him, but we need to be submitted to him for really his, you know, his heart to come to fruition.
1: Yeah. We definitely have issues as a nation. Every nation does, of course, because it's run by men yeah. and women. But I, I, we always made an effort taking all of our children to the mission field when yeah. they're kids yeah and tried when they were teens yeah because of the value of seeing what's really going on around the world uh, yeah. as as compared and you had a lot of experience with that you know yeah. growing up in in uh, you know a missionary family and yeah. all that like you were christian but how valuable it is to really see what's going on in other parts of the Eye-opening. world yeah total shock <laughs>
2: Yeah, you don't realize until you get over to a different country, especially like being born in Haiti and seeing the oppression and the corruption there or other places in Central America and, you know, throughout the world, it's just like, oh, my goodness, look what we have. Like, it's just, it's total eye-opener.
1: Yeah, uh, my dear friend uh, Mike Black, his wife Pat, uh, in Guatemala right now, they're still basically completely locked down yeah. as a nation. Yeah, And uh, it's a tough thing to, you know, not have a way to make any money. I mean, when, it, when it's a lockdown, you you know, anybody in a any sort of industry is having trouble making a living unless yeah. they're in medical or food. Yeah, yeah that's it. And uh, then you don't have any money to buy the food and yeah. uh, their their church has not met since February. Wow. That's an incredible thing. And yeah. I know churches in New York City that haven't met yeah. since February. Yeah. And uh, as for where I'm at on all that is I, I think, I do think the government overstepped their bounds in mm-hmm. closing churches and you know uh, taking uh, control of that Take area. Us some I don't beyond, think I don't yeah. think that was uh, I don't think that was right. So if you want to put me on record for that, I'm on record for that. Yeah, we'll stand on it. Guilty. Yeah, guilty as charged. So what else stood out to you in the chapter here?
2: You know, I think just looking at the big picture, you got to read the whole story and your life is that way too. Don't pull a single chapter of your life mm-hmm. and just make a judgment on it. As you see in the whole picture here, as I alluded to, is that he's going to die, but he's going to raise again and give us victory. And so when you are a believer, you can stand on Romans eight twenty eight that we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. So hold fast and know that God's
0: doing it. We're going to take a quick break,
2: and we'll be right back.
0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts.
2: Need a Fence professionally done the first time?
0: Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. kids that's 321-453-5437 welcome back to the morning breath podcast lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts welcome back
1: everybody good to have you uh i just want to close with this thought um in this chapter pilot uh It says he took Jesus, scourged him. Soldiers put a crown of thorn on his head. They put a robe on him. They struck him with their hands. Uh, Other gospels say they hit him with a rod. And then Pilate brings him out, stands him on the porch in front of everybody and says, uh, I find no fault in him. And uh, behold the man, he, he says at this point. And you've got... Jesus beaten. The Bible tells us he was beaten beyond recognition. Yeah. That means if you looked at him, you wouldn't know it was Jesus. He was, uh, staggering in need of mercy. And their hearts were so hard to just say, no, go ahead and kill him. Yeah. Crucify him. Um, the world we live in today needs more mercy and grace and kindness and, uh, Be kind to those around you and be merciful to those around you. The Bible says that, you know, a lot of times we receive what we give. And that ain't karma, baby. That's truth. God bless you. Have a great day.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.